you are listening to My City, My Health, the podcast. Welcome to the My City, My Health podcast. My name is Natalie Rutledge. I'm a student at the University of Iowa studying health and human physiology. My classmates and I are supporting the My City, My Health conference on April 28th, 2023. That will bring the University of Iowa and Iowa City Corridor community together to discuss health equity programs and collaborations. Registration is open at mycity.health. Today, we are getting the chance to hear from Latasha Deloach, who will be part of the community outreach panel at the conference. Let's get into it. And uh, to get started, uh, can you tell the people about yourself and what health equity means to you? Absolutely. My name is Latasha Deloach. I'm a social worker. I got my master's degree here at the University of Iowa, and I currently I'm an adjunct in the school of social work, where I also got my bachelor's and master's degree from. Um, and let's see. Oh, health equity can mean so many things, you know, because you know equity is a metric, right? So it's a metric of are people getting health care services uh delivered received (laughs) um with equality and what i appreciate about um health equity discussion anyway that it's happening so to me it, it it really is an opportunity to kind of to focus in on um who's missing from the conversation, what services are people getting? What services are they missing? Is there just disparate treatment in services? Is there just proportionality in services received or not received? You know, so and we see this everywhere, right? I, I spend a lot of time looking at disproportionality, and so um, it, across most institutions, we're always going to see disparities and uh, disproportionality. And, and health is a huge one. Health is um, healthcare, health services is a huge. Yeah, health equity, I mean, it's a lot about like looking at different groups of people and what, what they're missing. And I guess that leads me to my next question is, what drew you to Iowa City and this work in particular? What groups here in Iowa City are, are missing um, those services or resources? Well, first of all, I've been in Iowa City for a long time. So I've been in Iowa City since high school. So I, I've lived here and I continue to choose to live here, right? So um, it wasn't anything. And I mean, there were some things in particular that brought me to the area, but it was mostly my parents. <laughs> so I just kind of stayed and, you know, I got a scholarship to the University of Iowa and just kind of stayed. And so um, I would say things that I see amongst groups in the Iowa City area is looking at looking at how people view people who are in poverty. And we have a and that cuts across race and gender and uh, sexual orientation and you know so many different things about how we view people who are low income or who are deep in poverty, right? Um, in our in our country, you know we see significant levels of poverty. It's not as that's in some third world countries, right? But um, we know that we see it. And so I think, um, especially if we're talking about health or we're talking about social determinants of health, we're specifically looking at how these folks move and live in our community. And I feel like a lot of time we have a lot of people coming in with more of a savior lens 
than being able to really want to partner with people to really figure out what it is that they want and need. Um, and, and the first thing people want to ask when they're coming in, especially on any of these type of topics is, so what is it that you guys need? Well, I haven't been even taught how to articulate my specific need. So you need to answer, even though you know that I might not have the answers like, well, they just said they want us to do better. And so then it's like, well, I mean, it's not like these folks actually work in a healthcare system, <laughs> but there are people that uh, poverty does not mean that people are able to articulate that. But I think that sometimes we come in and, and we put pressure on those communities to solve the problem. And sometimes they're not able to even identify the problem because the problem is so much in their face. So um, those are some of the needs I see is that, you know, we, we keep asking communities to solve their own problems or we just want to throw money at it. Uh, basically, we want it to go away quickly, go away quickly. Um, but not realizing that those are the same folks that are doing the work that a lot of times we don't want to do. People who are middle income, people who are white collar jobs, don't we need? We need these folks, and we also need to make pathways for folks to be able to leave poverty. Because honestly, all of us at any moment could be in poverty <laughs> very quickly, um, just given different life circumstances, loss of ability, etc. Those are a couple things that I see in, in our community. Yeah, but I think that um, I think I can identify with. I mean, looking um, when you're asked to say like, "What do you need? How can you fix it?" You can't really say because the factors are all the way upstream and they're not they're not like directly affecting you every day. And so, how and I can see how community collaboration, working with these people to understand what they are going through. Can you describe a little bit about the work that you do um, at the senior center or um, dealing with any of these like health equity problems in community outreach? Well, sure. I mean, I, I kind of do a couple of different things in the community. So my kind of, you know, nine to five or eight to five position definitely is my work with the senior center. And believe it or not, a lot of my work, you know, now that I, if I pull back, know if I pull back a little bit a lot of it has to do about eliminating social isolation getting at the roots of loneliness um specifically how do we take community approaches about how we uh address different disparities that we see um or that we're looking at uh higher levels of mort mortality rates in certain populations and some of it literally has come down to um uh isolation um and some of it is not social isolation where the individual person i'll give you for example um we see high rates of black women dying from pregnancy preventable pregnancy related issues in the state of iowa right like three times that of i think actually i'm tired it might be six times here in the state of iowa i think three times nationally maybe it's six times here in the state of iowa um six times that of white women who are also in uh, similarly uh, situated um, pregnancy uh, situations. And that cuts across income, that cuts, cuts across uh, education. I mean, it cuts across lots of different demographics that, you know, and kind of in the world, when you look at social determinants of health, you're going, well, what are these different things? And it's cutting across all of that, that we're seeing these women dying 
And so that's not because they're specifically um, purposely socially isolating themselves. They are in situations where they're not being able to be provided birth justice in that they don't have the ability to necessarily always choose a midwife or choose a doula or choose those community kind of family wraparound approaches and how they have their babies. And, and a lot of times what we're seeing with, uh, with women in general, but particularly with black women is that uh, they're not listened to, which kind of points back to the metric of looking at equity, right? There, there's a serious inequity there that they're not listened to and it's costing their lives though. So it's like, you could take a moment to be an active listener and really hear what it is this, this woman is saying that could prevent her from dying, not just on the birth table sometimes, yes, but also when she goes home and she's trying to come back to the doctor to say something's wrong, she's not listened to. So, I mean, that is a situation where where they don't have necessarily um, the support of a midwife or the support of other people. Um, you know, when I had my kids, I had my mom. My mom was going to me where I, I don't, mm-mm, no, look at the computer again, right? No, we're going to make sure that these babies, you know, I'm her child, right? Everyone doesn't have that. A lot of times in the state of Iowa, especially where I live here in Iowa City, a lot of families are here, but that doesn't mean that they have additional family members here. Um, they might be here for school, right? And so their mom's not here. She's like, girl, go to school and come home, you know? So when you're, you know, if you're having a pregnancy and you're alone, that form of isolation, just imagine going through any of pregnancy from day one till the day you deliver the baby till 18 years after. You do not want to be alone <laughs> and raising a child. And so I think that that is one of the things, but working with older adults, what we also see is, um, we see what is a term called um, orphan elders, where other people have just passed away and their, their family's gone. They're, obviously, their parents are gone at this point. Sometimes, not always, but we do have we do have a, a parent-child um, interactions at the senior center a lot because people are living longer. You know, so you might be sixty and mom's ninety, but you know, you're you're both here at the senior center, um, and so. We are trying our best to really look across, whether it's looking at black women and the level of loneliness and and social isolation that they deal with and that low level depression from being in predominantly white spaces to working with older adults who specifically have lost people through to death or to illness or they end up in nursing facilities due to illness or, um, and so at the senior center is about bringing them in and connecting them with others, right? But Sankofa Outreach Connection is about providing resources and providing safe spaces for us to gather where you feel less alone, where you can connect with other Black women who are like, girl, I do hair, or yeah, I know somebody who can help you with this, or I know somebody who's a handy person that can come and help you. You know, so it's building these connections naturally by providing a space for those things to happen a lot of times. We're not going over and say, you go over and talk to John or... You go over and meet, you know, Latasha, it's like, let's put you in the same space, provide some activities and do this monthly, a couple times a month, but you're meeting other and new people in the relationships. I mean, that's amazing. Something that, um, not, I'm not going to call it small, but something that is so not like looked at of like the social interaction, how much help that that can provide for someone. I'm just talking about their issues, what they're going through and stuff like that. 
It's huge. Yeah. It's really huge. We're humans. We're supposed to be connected. It is a social creature, as they say. And so for my for my next question, I'll ask, um, what lesson have you learned through your work in connecting people and in, in community outreach? <laughs> it's a task. Um, um, also, I've learned that some people just want to be left alone. So I should mind my business. Right. So like that's a real lesson. It's like, look, gone over there. Stop bothering me. Um, but also that um, sometimes people are looking for the opportunity for the next level of life and so connecting people and providing them space that level of gratitude that you get from folks and not just from those folks it might be a husband that sees me later and it's like thank you so much for getting my wife out of the house she's just been staying in the house for the last couple weeks and her mood's been low so thank you for pushing her to come out or i might see uh, a child one of the parents at the senior center oh we really really enjoyed that you guys had that one program it really helped us right so that that gratitude that that you see coming from people for you feeling a a gap or space that was necessary for them to to move on to the next part of their life and some of that is uh, finding a new space to be creative or um, maybe I'm thinking about one person in particular who played piano their whole life and performed and all this, and now they're drawing. Like, you know, they've retired and now they're spending all their time drawing. They still have that skill set, right? But this is a different level of creativity for them. And it's like, it's opened up something. It's like, it's new and different. And it's challenging that thought that older adults can't continue to learn, that they don't continue to grow. Um, as well as when it comes to the work with Sankofa Average Connection, which is, you know, particularly looking at black women women of color um, and women of color I should say um, is about how do we get you connected to meet other people to to know what resources you have we're posting jobs in there we're posting you know because sometimes people feel stuck so we're mm-hmm. posting opportunities um, not just for social connection but it might just be community connection right like hey this is not something we're putting on but there's a play going on and um, so-and-so has a couple extra free tickets. Do you want to go to this? Or, or um, hey, did you know uh, summer camps are out? You know, because sometimes we know how communities are. They like to hoard information for their own little groups. And then other kids don't have an opportunity to participate because that information didn't get out far and wide enough because, well, the, the same people always get it every single time and, and they never pass it on. So when we can get into some of those spaces, we try to pass that information on. Yeah, that's great. Wow. Um, so you saw this need for, um, social interaction for community. And so you started Sankofa, but, um, what has changed in that community since you've started connecting people and resources and that kind of thing? It's been so great. It it really has been so great because (laughs) I've seen people change their whole careers just from us putting a post, right? So I'm thinking about a, a couple people like we're like, hey, they're looking for more black women or more women of color on this board or this. And people have, you know, said, OK, I'm going to try it. They've gone in there. and They reached and found all kind of new connections. And one lady in particular, um, it just uh, it really like sparked her to like go back to school and she changed her career. And, you know, and now she's happy, you know, because she's doing something that she loves and. 
And so we've seen those type of things happen. We've seen people get new friends that they never had before. We've seen people get, when it comes to senior year, we've seen people get married. We've seen people, um, we see, you hear quotes about people saying, to save my life. You know, I, you know, I have a place to go. Um, a lot of people have said that um, since they've retired, you know, that senior has been a, the center of a lot of their social interactions, a lot of their fun, their, their, their lifetime learning is happening their their social uh when we're throwing parties and different <laughs> things you know it's been it's a huge part we, we have a unique senior center it's not like um some other places right we have like a, a twenty-four thousand square foot building right so we're talking four floors workout floor you know big social hall with classrooms and all kinds of stuff right so we're talking a, a totally different space than kind of the senior center people are thinking in their mind it might be like a small little building or something but you know just really trying to just kind of push through work with the folks that we have where they are and getting them the things that they need um i mean it's it's it really it really is um an interesting point in my life to be working with two unique populations that have similar mm-hmm. needs it's very similar yeah, and I guess going right off of that is, um, what would you say? Um, what would you say those needs are, and what can people do to help with that? It's a big question. I apologize. It is a really big question <laughs> because it's such a broad topic, yeah. right? Um, it's narrowed for me because I'm I'm focused on particular groups, but um, you know, I think sometimes you know. Donations always is good, right? You can always make a donation to each each organization. Um, I think some of it is being aware of what the needs are of those particular groups. One thing I would say in particular about Black women is take some of the pressure off of Black women by erasing the super hero, super strong Black woman trope that's out there. It is killing us, like literally. We are exhausted, but people expect us to be on every board, on every everything, go to this with your kids, and then like be perfect. And we're not, we never said we was, but it just has been put out. And that also, because of that framework, it isolates us more. It makes us more lonely because people are like, oh, you don't need us. You don't need our help because you're a strong, independent woman. And you got this. And it's like, um, excuse me? I am human too. I get tired too. And I understand where that trope comes from, right? There's a lot of history behind that coming from slavery and, and on through that, you know, white women get to be damsels in distress, but you don't get to see, black women don't get the ability to cry. We don't get the ability to show any emotion outside of anger. And when we show anger, then it's, you know, wrapped under something that's wrong with us, right? Like, why is she so mad? Well, you just put a whole building on my chest and said, carry it every day. Like, we don't get a day off. And so one thing would be take some of the pressure off of us to be perfect and to work two and three and four times harder than everybody else. It is exhausting. When it comes to older adults, learn how to sit down and listen to people. That's for both groups. Listen to people. Talk to them. Um, volunteer your time. Everybody don't want you just to come out and bring some dang on cookies to the senior center. People got health problems. You don't be bringing that up in there. <laughs> um, but in particular, the senior center, we do have a food pantry because food insecurity is also something I'm very passionate about. 
So we do have a food pantry right inside our front door. Um, because with the, the cost of, you know, food and, I mean, eggs, you got to be wealthy to have an egg sandwich these days, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, just not, well, we know prices fluctuate and come and go. But, um, you know, just really wanting people to know that there are small things like donating, you know, food or toiletries or um, just reaching out and, and asking organizations what it is that they need. Because I promise you, they got a list. They got like, oh, let me tell you what we need. We need more of this, more of this, more of that, you know. And so, um, you know, we have those different lists. So if people are interested, they can Google the Ike City Senior Center and uh, we can get a list to them or they can reach out to us at our Sankofa Outreach Gmail or on our Facebook and we will we will get more detailed lists for them. Right. So, yeah, just like take the time to, if you care about something, to take the time and listen to what they have to say, what their needs are. I really like that. Yeah, um, but let me clarify that. Let me clarify that. Do some reading first. Don't come in hard and fast. One thing I always tell people is, especially when I was saying this earlier about asking those communities what they need, right. there are tons of people that have written about what the particular needs are. There are tons of people who have taken their time to specifically do videos and explain. There are tons of podcasts out there explaining. Go listen to that stuff. Go read that stuff and then come in with like, hey, this is what I heard. Is this right? And then if that's the case, then come with some solutions. Because if you put the whole burden on people to have to carry the whole thing for themselves, it's just too much. It's just too much. So use the resources that are already out there in and if not, buy the books. That's, I mean, that sounds great. And okay, so my my next question is, um, what do you want to see change um, or happen in Iowa City in the next five years? I really would love to see there be more of a social space for people of color, that they don't have to socialize in the dark. And what I mean by that is where do you go in this community and see people of color hanging out? They're mostly in people's houses or in people's backyards or, you know, tucked away because we've tried over and over again to have established businesses, but then they get over inundated with police. And so imagine being in a community where you have limited resources for things that are pertaining particularly to you and to your culture and to not have a social outlet. So another reason why we even have to build organizations like Sankofa Outreach Connections, because we have to go and create spaces for us to even be in and feel safe collectively without feeling like if too many people know we're going to be there, then the police are going to be called. And so it would be so lovely if there was a change from a community perspective as well as the, the different organizations involved to allow for folks to be able to live, to have social spaces. And people will come up with, well, this is going on there. And this because we only have one club. If there was seven clubs, maybe there might be one that's, that's cutting up and acting crazy. And the rest of them are fine. But when you can only allow one business to have a social space, of course, everybody that wants to be social, whether they are behaving well or not, in quotations, that is exactly everybody who's going to show up there. So my thing is like, you know, it'd be great for some spaces for people of color to be able to be social 
and not have to be social under fear and under the pressure that there is going to be a situation where they're going to have police contact. Because that is also a huge part of health equity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just, yeah, a place to feel safe, to be able to actually be comfortable to have those social and make those connections. And safety, yeah, it's a really big part of that. So I wanted to ask you, what are you looking forward to with the My City, My Health Conference in Iowa City? Yeah, I just think it'll be great to just, you know, especially since it's, it's reaching past just, you know, medical professionals, but like, you know, people in the community and looking at, you know, how we all interact together. I'm just hoping that out of it comes some solutions or comes some some bigger questions, some ability for us to dream bigger. Um, and and um, so that's kind of some of my hope is that we, we we're able to be a part of that. And I'm excited about it happening and, and being there and what comes from it. I'm hoping that people take something home and, and something is actionable. They actually do something. I, I really like that. And um, on that note, I think to tie back to your actionable, what can people do? Um, donate all that stuff. So, how can people uh, connect to you and uh, with your work? Uh, where can they find you? Um, sure. I mean, they can. We're Googleable. Is that a word? <laughs> um, you can definitely Google the Iowa City Senior Center, and you can find our website. It's embedded in the City of Iowa City uh, website, as well as call us and, and be able to just ask questions. And they can ask for me. That's fine. I answer the phone sometimes when I'm at you. <laughs> Uh, of course, and um, for Sankofa Outreach Connection, for those that are women of color and you're interested, please know that we do have a private group group chat with over 600 women, um, and that you can find us if you look for um, Sisters in Power, or we call it SIP, so it's Sankofa Outreach Connection slash SIP, um, and then we also have our public-facing website at www.sankofaoutreachconnection.com and our email earlier, which is the Sankofa Outreach. And Sankofa is S-A-N-K-O-F-A. Sankofa Outreach at Gmail is another way that goes directly to me, so I'll definitely get your your email and respond to you. And, and we also have a Facebook and Instagram, so um, feel free to find us on those. I think we even got Twitter, but I don't know how much we sweet, y'all. So <laughs> um, definitely check us out on any of our social media handles and reach out and we'll, we'll get back to you. Well, thank you, uh, Latasha. Thank you for your time today. It was really great to hear about everything. I mean, what everyone can do, but also about your passion for creating social spaces for people to um, really make those connections. Thank you, listeners, for joining me today. And uh, everyone can check out more about My City, My Health on the mycity.health website. Um, Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.